17. It says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you live through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For if you have not received this, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, and that we may also be glorified together. Um, let's pray again, if we could, for the word uh, today. Jesus, we thank you uh, for your spirit that's here. And, your anointing, I pray, God, that you would continue to work uh, through your word today. I pray that you would uh, speak to our hearts. God, if there's anything that needs to be um, removed or changed or anything, God, I pray you would show us. God, let your will be done and everything that happens the rest of the service. In the name of Jesus, amen. And you can be seated if you like. Um, a few weeks ago, you may remember, we started out on a little study of sorts of Romans chapter 8. We were calling it the Christian spiritual life. It was a while ago now. Um, but so far we've covered um, how there is therefore no condemnation. You may remember that. And then the last one, which was a few weeks ago, we talked about flesh versus the spirit and how there is a, a constant battle going on and one that we have to make the choice every day and what we're going to do. And uh, I, I intended on just going through week by week and um, but to be honest, I kind of struggled with how to preach this one, this passage, and finally all came together after weeks of trying to figure it out. And, um, so this one, we're going to look at it as kind of part two of the last one we talked about. So uh, flesh versus spirit, part two is what we'll call it because I'm creative with titles. Um, so again. Just to clarify, when we talk about flesh, um, we're talking about um, when we say things like fleshly desires or walking after the flesh or the works of the flesh and those types of things. We're talking about our natural, um, sinful tendencies or the opposite of the spiritual. And so we're just going to go through this together. Um, so verse 12, it says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. So if you remember, Paul, he kind of ends off with that. He picks up where he left off talking about the flesh. And in the passage before this, he's told us that through Jesus, we've overcome death. And because of that, we are in a way debtors to him. But he says, we're not debtors to the flesh. We owe everything to the spirit. We owe everything to the one who saves us, the one who redeems us, the one who has set us free. And so Paul here is telling us that we do owe something, but we don't owe to the flesh. And the world will tell us that we owe things to ourselves or, or to do this or to that or we owe it to ourselves to, to have a good time or do whatever we feel like doing or do this or that or whatever feels good but we don't we don't owe anything to the flesh the bible says i don't owe my flesh anything and people will try to guilt you into doing things and sometimes it'll be against the the word of god and and they'll use the line you owe me but we don't you don't owe flesh anything we are however debtors um, something else and by debtor it means uh, we owe something to someone or we under we are under the obligation to someone and uh, what we've been talking about so far in this chapter are, are two options are to live after the flesh or to live after our spirit so our obligation is not to live after the flesh or to walk 
after the flesh. Instead, our obligation is to live after the Spirit or walk in the Spirit because Jesus has set us free from the flesh. Does that make sense so far? Kind of setting the tone, I guess. Uh, the verse before talks about how he's going to resurrect us like Jesus was resurrected. So we owe it to, to him. We owe, we owe a debt, I guess, to, to not to live after the flesh, but live after the spirit. In verse 13, it says, For you live after, if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. And I realize Romans is a bit heavy, a bit deep. So I'm trying to uh, make it make sense. But Paul, this is, uh, some of it's kind of wordy and goes around. But if he says, if we, if we live our life after the flesh, or we live our life walking after the flesh, and whatever feels good and whatever we want to do, and we feel like we owe it to ourselves to do these things, and we feel like we're in debt to the flesh, the Bible says that if we live our lives like that, it says you shall die. We owe the flesh nothing because that will kill us. If we live our life doing whatever we feel like doing, doing whatever the world tells us we should do, we're going to end in death. And if we follow after, if we follow after the flesh, the Bible says we are going to die. But yet, for some reason, we think that we can and we won't. We can live after the flesh. We can do all these things that whatever, and we'll just somehow escape it because we, I don't know. We continue to do these things on a regular basis, but yet, you know, we continue to, to let our flesh or our own personal desires to dictate our actions and our thoughts and the way we treat each other. And we let the flesh tell us what it is that we're going to do. And I, you know, I don't feel like it today. Ever said that to yourself? I don't feel like praying I don't feel like opening the Bible today. I don't feel like getting everybody dressed and ready to go to church. <laughs> That's me every Sunday. There's a lot of people in my house. <laughs> I don't feel like giving. I don't feel like praising this morning. I don't feel like going to the altar. I don't feel like checking up on my brother or sister. I don't feel like doing the right thing today. I'm just tired of it. Ever been there? Because the flesh doesn't want to do those things. The flesh doesn't want to give. Doesn't want to pray. Doesn't want to volunteer or to worship or to resist temptation. The flesh doesn't want to not sin or to forgive others or pray for those who hurt us and pray for those who have abused us or used us or to let go of grudges or to build others up or, you know, to round everyone up and drive to church Sunday morning. The flesh doesn't want to do that and it's a struggle sometimes, but if we continue to allow our, uh, the flesh to dictate what we do, if we live after the flesh, you shall die. We will not make it. Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said to his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We cannot follow Jesus. I've said this many times before. We cannot follow him unless we are willing to deny ourselves. He, he says this after he tells the disciples that he's going to die and Peter gets all upset. You know the story and he rebukes him. He's like, I don't know, it's not going to happen. And Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan. To Peter, 
And Peter was trying to force what he wanted and what his will was onto Jesus, what his flesh wanted. He didn't want his friend to die. He didn't want Jesus to, to go away, and he didn't want to accept that. And, and, and he was walking after his own feelings and his own desires and not what God's were. And whether we like it or not, this has a way of creeping into uh, our, our church, and church in general. We all have opinions about everything, right? Yeah, I do. You do. And if we don't like it, then it's wrong. That's generally how we see things. My way is the only right way. <laughs> we have a, you know, oh, people get upset over silly things. Like someone gets, I don't know, baptized. What if they don't stay? Well, I don't know. That's between them and God, I guess. We get upset about <sighs> music. Maybe. I don't like this song. I don't like whatever. Who cares? We're not singing it for you anyway. <laughs> we can get uh, angry with, with preaching. <laughs> so we don't like the style. Maybe it's boring. Maybe, maybe he doesn't tell enough stories anymore. Maybe he's not entertaining enough. Maybe there's not enough jokes. Didn't laugh today. Or maybe there's too many jokes. Church is supposed to be serious. You know, there's no... can't please everyone. But in the Bible, I mean, Paul preached so long, a guy died. <laughs> Fell out a window and died, he preached so long. <laughs> and then he got raised from the dead, and Paul just kept on preaching. That's my goal someday. I preached so long, so <laughs> No, sorry. That'd be terrible. Well, that's, that's how it happened in the book of Acts. And we, we want to be a book of Acts church, but yeah, we, don't, we want our own preferences and all that. We think we can pick and choose the parts of the Bible that, that we follow. You know, I don't believe that. Uh, you know, I, I don't, we don't really need to do that or that doesn't feel good, so I don't want to do that. And, but Jesus said to his disciples, this isn't about what you want and what your desires are. We, if you want to follow me, he said you need to deny yourself. You can't walk after the flesh. That way of walking will kill us. Romans 13 says, if you live after the flesh, you shall die. I'm sorry, 8 and 13. But if you, um, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of your body, you shall live. In the English standard, it says it like this, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So through the Spirit, there's a big S there. That means the, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. We can put to death the deeds of the body and live. And I'm not Saying that if you don't like every song that's sung in church, that you're going to hell. Obviously, that's ridiculous. But this, this attitude that we can have that it's all about me and, and what I want and my preferences, that is rooted in, in selfishness. And it's rooted in, in the flesh. If, you know, everything has to go the way that I want it to go. And then we're making things about me. And, and the root of that is what will destroy us. Does that make sense? You don't have to like everything that's preached. You don't have to like everything that's sung. You don't have to like my ridiculous color combinations. I don't care. But the, the root of that is if, you know, it's all about me, then that, that's, that's what the problem is. And so continuing to live in sin or live after the flesh will, will kill us. And living a self-centered life will destroy us, according to Paul here. Fall in the flesh will kill us, but but by the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost working in our lives, we can put to death those desires. That's the only way we're going to be able to overcome the flesh is through 
uh, the, through the Spirit. And through His Spirit, we can overcome the flesh. It's the only way. We need to let the Spirit lead us and guide us. And that means we need to be in tune with the Spirit. And how do we do that? By being in constant communion with Him. I came across something this week. Um, it's called Dying to Self. I'm just going to read it. It's got some big words in it. Which I don't use. But I, I know what they mean. I just don't use them. But so dying to self. It says, when you are forgotten or neglected or purposely set at naught and you don't sting and hurt with the insult or the oversight but your heart is happy being counted worthy to suffer for Christ that is dying to self when your good is evil spoken of and your wishes are crossed and your advice is disregarded your opinions ridiculed and you refuse to let anger rise in your heart or even defend yourself but take it in all in patient loving silence that is dying to self when you lovingly and patiently bear any disorder any irregular irregularity any impunctuality or any annoyance when you stand face to face with waste folly extravagance spiritual insensibility and endure it as jesus endured it that is dying to self when you are content with any food any offering any raiment any climate, any society, any solitude, any interruption by the will of God that is dying to self. When you never care to refer to yourself in conversation or record your own good works or itch after or commendation. When you can truly love to be unknown, that is dying to self. When you see your brother prosper and have his needs met and can honestly rejoice with him in spirit and feel no envy or question God while your own needs are far greater and in desperate circumstances, that is dying to self. When you can receive correction and reproof from one of less stature than yourself and can humbly submit inwardly as well as outwardly, finding no rebellion or resentment rising up within your heart, that is dying to self. That's what it means to, to die to ourselves and to walk after the Spirit. When we aren't offended all the time. We aren't upset over everything that happens. And we can fill our minds with all these other things and all these other opinions and all this other junk going on in the world and news and celebrities that includes politicians and news anchors and all that stuff. We can fill our minds with all these false doctrines and entertainment. And that's walking after the flesh. Or we can pray. We can spend time in His presence and worship and praise and Read the word and listen to good teaching or study the Bible and focus on the right things. These are the options that we have. And by doing the second, we allow him to grow the fruit of the spirit in us. And that's how we overcome the flesh. Does that make sense? That's maybe a little bit heavy this morning, but the way to avoid spiritual death is being led by the spirit. Why? In verse 14, he says, for as many... As they're led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And as a, as a church or organization, we focus a lot on being born again. And um, you know, following Acts 2.38, repenting, we baptize, we fill the Holy Ghost. But salvation is an ongoing process. It's not a one-time experience. And then we just kind of do whatever we want and coast the rest of our lives and uh, you know, pick and choose. But we are the sons and daughters of God when we are led by the Spirit. Salvation depends on a lifelong submission to the Spirit of God. Someone who is born again, but then goes back to living after the flesh or following after the flesh is cutting themselves off from the benefits of being a child of God. 
That's what the story of the prodigal son is about. The prodigal son left, leaves his father's house and finds himself living among the pigs. And he comes to himself and he realizes that the servants at home have it better than, than he has it. He's cut himself off. And he goes back and the father restores him. And if we do not continue to be led by the Spirit, we give up our benefits that come from being in a relationship with Jesus. And until we are willing to repent, that relationship um, won't be restored. Does that make sense? We are the children of God, the sons of God, when we allow Him to lead us by the, the Spirit of God. If we want to be sons and daughters of God, we need to be born again, of course, but after that, we need to be led by the Spirit and let Him work in us and let Him move in us. Let Him remove things from our lives or prune us, the Bible says in other places. Let Him change us and let Him teach us and let Him do the work. As uncomfortable as that is, He's the construction crew and we're the Nova Scotia roads in the summer. Let Him continually work on us. As much as it inconveniences maybe other people around us, let Him keep working on us. Being led by the Spirit, it means allowing Him to speak through us, speak to us, to convict us and, and change us and sometimes keep us from doing things or going places and, and then allow our attitudes to be adjusted and to go where He wants us to go or pray for who He wants us to, to pray for and sometimes to give up things that we, we like and we hold dear to us or sometimes to forgive others. The Son's take on qualities of the father. Everyone says that Felix looks just like me, which I don't think is fair to him. I think he looks better. But children will often take on, you know, qualities from their parents. And a lot of times in, in our case, um, it's the qualities we don't want to pass on. Do you ever notice that? It's our stubbornness. Uh, our short fuses. Julia is picking up sarcasm now. I don't know where she gets it from. Sometimes, sometimes it's the bad things. But in the case of our Heavenly Father, by continuing to, to live as His children, being led by the Spirit, His qualities, His characteristics should start showing up in our lives. The Bible calls this the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He passes these on to us as we allow him to lead us and become sons of, of God. In verse 15, he says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So he's kind of keeping with this son um, thing, and he uses an example of adoption. When we are born again, we become a new creature, and that means our nature is changed, which, uh, you know, it's been established elsewhere in the epistles in Corinthians. So we know that, but adoption adds something on onto this. Adoption refers to our position and our privileges and in, in the relationship we have with Him. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we don't receive a spirit of bondage and fear. When we walk after the flesh, we're living in sin. We can only fear the judgment of God. But when we receive the Holy Spirit, we have freedom from sin and fear of that judgment and we have instead entered into a loving father-child 
relationship. And once we were not spiritual children, and once we had no spiritual inheritance, but now we have been adopted into his family and his kingdom. Now we have an inheritance and now we are part of the family. His spirit adopts us into his family. And now the Bible says we can address him as Abba Father. And Abba is an Aramaic word for father. It's, uh, it's not a formal word. And most of you know this, but it's a word that we use like daddy or, or dad or something like that. It shows a closeness in our loving relationship, not one of fear. Now we're close to him. Now I can refer to him in, in this intimate term and this, this phrase. And before he was just, you know, the, the father, the far off um, disciplinary figure. But now through his spirit, now through being led by his spirit and walking after the spirit, there's a closeness with him that we can have. And there's a depth to this relationship that doesn't come any other way than by being led by his spirit, by becoming sons and daughters of God. The only way to be close uh, to God is to allow his spirit to lead us and work in us. When we walk after the flesh, we separate ourselves from him again. And God becomes, again, this far off um, figure that we fear because of judgment and all that. But by walking after, you know, after the flesh, it ends in death and we become afraid because we don't know. Um, we know that we aren't living right and we know that we aren't doing right. And if we're honest with ourselves, these rare moments of reflection, we know this and we become overcome with fear. But if we will allow him to lead us, if we will allow, um, we would continue to walk in the spirit, we would experience this closeness with him. This father-son, father-daughter relationship that only comes from allowing the spirit to work and lead. And it's never going to come if we continue to walk in, in the flesh. Is this clear? Everybody know what we're saying. First um, John two and fifteen says, "Do not love the things, or sorry, do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him." And throughout the New Testament, the, the phrase "the world" and "the flesh" they, they go hand in, in hand. And the things of the world is what's dictated by the flesh, and with Jesus, it's. It's simple. It's always been simple. There's two options. The world or the flesh or him. We have two options. We don't have 15 million choices to make. There's two. You can follow Jesus or you cannot. We can live after the flesh or we can live after we can live after the ways of the world or we can let the world and the flesh you know, let the world and the flesh tell us what to do and how to live and how to spend our time or we can live after the Spirit and let Him lead us and let Him guide us and draw closer to Him. Those are our options. And that's kind of what Paul's getting at, I think, here in this. My wife could come, save me, play something. Uh, verse 16 says, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. He says, When we are led by the Spirit, when we are filled with the Spirit, when we have been adopted um, into the family of God. His spirit confirms us with ours. There's something that happens. There's a knowledge in us that I am a child of God. And there's a revelation that comes and I've been adopted into this family. I am a child of God. There's something different about folks who have been filled with the spirit or led by the spirit. There's a confidence they have. Did you ever notice that? 
There's a peace about them. No matter what happens, they're not worried. They're not afraid because I know that I'm a child of God. They're not afraid of anything. They're not concerned with what's going on around them. They're not worried about, you know, whatever the media is telling us to worry about. They're not worried about rights being taken away or persecution. They're not worried about if things are going to work out. They're not worried about all this stuff because they're not walking the same as everyone else. They're walking after the Spirit, and the Spirit lets their spirit know that you're a child of God. And He's got this, and He's in control. And that's how we live without fear. That's how we live without worrying. A, a whole lot of our issues and struggles would, would go away if we would just learn to walk in the Spirit and let Him lead us, be led by the Spirit, and realize who we are in Christ. He's not... He's, he's our Father. He's got this. We don't need to be afraid of all this stuff. We don't need to have a spirit of fear. He's in control. I just want to remind you today that you are a child of God. You are a child of God. You. Me. I know your minds are blown right now. But you are a child of God. You've been filled with the Spirit, baptized in His name. You are a child of God. You've been adopted into His family. And if not, you can be today. So we need to remove this fleshly thinking, this worldly thinking, this earthly way of living. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. We are children of God, and He has all power. Right? We believe that. He's got all power. We hear stories and testimonies of things happening all over the world and things happening in our church and things that have happened in the past. He has power. Is all power. He's the way maker. He's the deliverer. He's a he's our savior. He's Lord. He's God. He's the Father. He's our friend. He's our comforter. Whatever it is that we need, He is that all power in heaven and earth is in Him. So why wouldn't we want to draw close to Him? Why wouldn't we want to let Him work in us and make us more like Him? Why wouldn't we want that relationship? The enemy cannot destroy you if you are led by the Spirit, if you are a son of God. The only way this can happen is if we forfeit our rights or our positions, if we give up our relationship with God and walk after the flesh. Verse 17 says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. He says, If we are His children, if He's adopted us, then we are heirs of God. Adopted children in Hebrew culture at this time, they have the same rights and privileges of a natural born son. They're not second fiddle, you know, they don't whatever the whatever the other children have, they have the same rights. That's why he says we're joint heirs with Christ, the man Jesus, the Son of God. We are we have all the same access, we have all the same um, we have through through the grace of God we have all access to all that that he has. Everything the only begotten son has by right, we have access through grace. Because we have he's our father. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But 
if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and the children and heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. So we don't owe the flesh anything. Stop letting the flesh tell you what to do. I know it's easy for me to say and it's hard for us to do. Instead, we can live after the Spirit. And if we do that, we are sons and daughters. We have all we have access to Him like no one else. We have this relationship with Him, this closeness. And he'll walk us through whatever we need to, whatever we're going through. So today, just want to invite you, if you haven't already, give you a chance to become sons and daughters of Him. We have a, a choice, same choice we can make every day. We're going to walk after the flesh, walk after the, the Spirit. So I just want to invite you today to commit to Him and say, I'm going to live, be led by the Spirit. I want to be that son and that daughter that you've adopted me to be, that you've made me to be. I don't want to give up the rights for something that's not going to last. So we're going to, we're just going to sing, find a place and pray today. I know maybe this is a little deeper, a little heavier than normal. Tonight will be a little lighter. That's what we do. But I just want to give you a chance this morning to recommit to Him. I'm going to live after. I'll be led by the Spirit. Flesh and spirit part two. There's two options. We need to make the decision. So anyway, let's find a place. Let's pray today. Let's let him work and uh, do what he has to do. Let's draw close to him and uh, strengthen that relationship we have with him today. In Jesus' name.